Well, I just hit record. Wow. Wow. Okay, so we do one, two, three, and then clap like professional podcasters. Yes. Okay. All right. Okay. (laughs) Um, Or maybe it's three, two, one. Let's go three, two, one. Okay. (laughs) All right. Three, two, one. All right. That'll do. (laughs) That was my worst clap ever. It's okay. Um, it, It helps. So, what's up with you? What's new in your life? Uh, not much. Oh, okay. <laughs> I've got some back pain. Nice, nice, right that's, on. That's good. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's new. New, exciting, potentially, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> Who knows what this could develop into. <laughs> right. What strange disease will come from this back pain, um, if anything at all. Uh, so I've entered into a new chapter in my life where I have to get up at 3 in the morning to go to work. Um, so that's exciting for me. Wow, yeah. three a.m. Huh? <laughs> three a.m. So that's 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 a time. That's a time. It sounds like that's a time. <laughs> that is a time. I haven't seen that one. <laughs> yeah. Just kidding. I stayed up to like three a.m. on Saturday night for no reason. Well, that's the thing. Like I stay up that late usually, but like continuing <laughs> my day after that point um, is going to be a bit of a challenge. You know. It's a different three a.m. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's it's. It's a groggier, sadder 3 a.m. Somehow. <laughs> and I've heard it must be lonely. Um, probably. But uh, there won't be any traffic. Because it's, it's 3 a.m. It must be lonely. I'm sure. <laughs> Way to go. Are you proud of yourself? I'm very proud of myself. I say that to myself every time I stay up too late, <laughs> but usually at about 4 a.m., so I feel bad about it. <laughs> For not remembering for about an hour. <laughs> you should set an alarm on your phone. Just be like... That would be great, except for the, all the times that I don't actually stay up. Well, true. But, like, still, though... I might want to lower my microphone volume. It looks like it's maybe clipping sometimes. Oops. I'll just turn it down a little bit. Okay. Cool. Cool. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah. That's going to be my life. Um... It's gonna be weird. I don't know. I like. I I don't do anything that's not this podcast or going to work or <laughs> sleeping. You know. So it's like. Well, yeah, that's relatable. Yeah. Well, no, that's actually not. I also mostly just do this podcast. <laughs> yeah, you you know our audience doesn't really hear you because of all of our careful editing, but. And is literally yeah. in every one of our episodes that have ever come out. It's just I don't, I never say anything good. Yeah, but hope they're all really bad. Oh, but it's the so the fact that you're hearing her right now just proves that like this is all like the best content she can generate. This is this is like a this is a best cut. Yeah, a master cut <laughs> and master cut. Yeah, exactly. Remember, remember how Blair. Remember how uh, Luna talked about how she edits all of Blair's lines into the podcast afterwards. <laughs> That's pretty much how this entire episode was made. <laughs> this recording session never happened. Yeah, yeah, and strangely enough. Um, you just talk about Prince of Darkness in order all the time, just sporadically throughout our different episodes. So um, we've made yeah, we never stop talking about Prince of Darkness, a movie that we've seen a million times <laughs> in before yesterday. Uh, but we wanted to do an episode on it, so we kept cutting it out. Yeah, and now we've put it put all that together into this episode.
welcome to fear baiting everyone your number one um metaphysical uh religious terror podcast in america i'm not as good as the at these as luna is but (laughs) it's okay i i've I've already spent at least an hour trying to think of a rating scale, and I forgot I haven't finished. I haven't come up with one yet. <laughs> That's okay. We come up those on the fly, and those are usually not very good either. So it's all good. There's literally no. Oh, thank God. There's literally no pressure to do anything that's good here. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, there never is. I mean, <laughs> we just cut me out every time. Yeah, that's true. Well, I'm Blair, um, and this other voice that you are hearing for the first time. Um, is Luna. Hi, I changed. <laughs> um, no, <laughs> it's a good friend of mine and Luna's who is actually being edited out of this podcast, much like uh, Anne was previously. We're just mixing things up, you know? Um, no, it's Anne. Hello, Anne. <laughs> How are you today? Hi, Blair. It's me, Anne. Luna left. <laughs> Luna's sick right now, so um, uh, Anne is covering for her. so um yeah so like we haven't had a guest on in a while i'm realizing that right now but we what we usually like to do and you should know but just for our audience um we like to talk about their like relationship with horror movies and the genre of horror in general so if you just want to talk about that briefly well i really like horror and i'm a coward and that's pretty much how it's been my entire life (laughs) i like I, I, I walked out of The Mummy when it came out when I was nine years old mm-hmm. because of the scene where they mummified, they, they buried the, the, the priest with the scarabs mm-hmm. at the very beginning. <laughs> I walked out of that movie. Oh, <laughs> and then later my family was like, that movie was actually really funny and not scary. And I had to go back and watch it <laughs> again later. <laughs> yeah. And since then, I've... I've basically been like, oh, yeah, I love horror, and then not actually watched any of it, because I just like to think about it. Yeah, no, I respect that. So, like, you're you're like a horror goth at heart, but you're just yeah. scaredy. <laughs> I mean... Pretty much. That's kind of... Yeah, like, I, I, don't, I don't know if I've... I don't think I've seen all of a Friday the 13th movie. <laughs> That's okay. Um, I think I've only seen the first one all the way through, so... No... Hold on. I don't think I've seen a Friday the 13th movie. <laughs> Holy shit. Now I'm just like, because I was like. Next episode. <laughs> yeah, for, for real. Because like, I've seen Halloween and I've seen Nightmare on Elm Street. And those are two of the three really big slasher movies from um, olden times. But I've never seen a Friday the 13th. Hmm. <laughs> Well, I think I got I got too afraid of Nightmare on Elm Street from the Simpsons house, Treehouse of Horror. Oh, I love that. About it. <laughs> That's kind of perfect. That's kind of perfectly you, honestly. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> oh shit! Man, did I love the Simpsons when I was a kid? <laughs> too much. I mean, I think a lot of people can say like a lot of. I don't know. There's a, there's there's a certain section of like disaffected youths that are now disaffected young adults who are really into the Simpsons, you know. So I think I saw I saw a picture on Twitter. I think in the new episode, there's some sort of court case against Homer that ends with 
dogs becoming more important than people legally. Uh-huh. And it was some, like, dog lives matter thing. And I was like, is this really bad satire? Or is this just, like, you're just pulling words out of a dictionary at random now because it's been 30 fucking years? Or Like, I feel like that plot could be good if it didn't have, like, the dog lives matter. Like, I would actually be like... I don't even know if it... I don't even know if it does. It's just the synopsis had the words dog lives matter more than people's, and it wasn't capitalized or anything, but those words were still in that order, so I'm like... Interesting. Is it commentary? Is it like... Hopefully not. They wanted it to look like commentary, (laughs) but not actually do anything interesting? Hopefully it's just weird absurdism. I hope so. Fingers crossed. Uh, <laughs> so that's your weekly um, uh, uh, Simpsons update. We'll be doing that every week from now on. And we have been doing them every week in the past, so I hope everyone's taking notes because there will be a... Th- yeah, so I hope you'll tune in next week to Springfield Trip. Yeah, because <laughs> there will be a test um, at the end of when we stop doing fear baiting. So, yeah. <laughs> which will be when we run out of horror movies, which... Probably will be never. Yeah, because they keep making them. <laughs> it's weird. They do. I mean, I mean, maybe one day they'll stop. But for now, like uh, the the, it seems pretty consistently. Yeah, they they like to make them. Uh, yeah, but um, speaking of horror movies that have been made and potentially will continue to be made, uh, we watched one this week, um, one that uh, Luna picked out, uh, another John Carpenter flick. Uh, Prince of Dark. I picked this one out. Yeah. Oh no. <laughs> did I call you Luna? Or did I call you Anne? Yes. Oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, you called me Luna. <laughs> no. I was like, did Luna also pick this? Was I just like really on point? No, no, Anne picked this one out. Um Prince of Darkness. Uh, this because and I picked it because one, I hadn't finished it. I had started watching it before, but I didn't finish it, and it seemed interesting. Mm-hmm. And two, it apparently John Carpenter has what he calls the Apocalypse Trilogy, which is The Thing, and then this movie, and then In the Mouth of Madness. Yeah. So you already did the other yeah, two. Yeah, exactly. Um, I, I still don't especially see a thematic connection between them, between besides, like, the world could end, I guess, I, in different ways. Yeah. I, which is pretty common for horror movies. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I see a connection between... This and the thing, sort of, because they're like you're right. Because there's there was there was mention of aliens in this. Yeah, yeah, and it's like they kind of have like sciencey themes in them and stuff like that. But in the mouth of madness, yeah, I don't. The, the problem is I don't remember in the mouth of madness like at all either. It's just I remember he was on a bus one time and then things were blue or something. It's just straight absurdism. <laughs> It's like it's just like straight. I want to rewatch that. It's just straight horror absurdism. Like it rules, but it's also like it feels the most like dissonant from these three, you know? Yeah. But um, it's like having watched all these three is making me learn that I really like how John Carpenter tells stories, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, because they're always super fucking weird. Like honestly, the- yeah. This movie also had the had the pacing of the thing. Yeah. Although it was it was it was faster paced at the end. Yeah, yeah. Um, the thing really did not pick up, no matter how many people died. No. <laughs> um, oh, what was I gonna say? Shit. Um, no, I there's like 
I feel like the thing of the three is the most normal of these movies because it has the simplest mm-hmm. plot, if you could imagine that. But, like, th- this one has an extremely, like, wildly complicated plot with a lot of things going on, but it's really fun. So let's get into it. <laughs> okay, we open on an old man who then immediately dies, so that's a body count right off the bat. <laughs> that's that's what we like to he, see. He isn't murdered. <laughs> he, he just... He just dies mm-hmm. in bed mm-hmm. quietly holding a box. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what we like to see, like just like quick and to the point. Um, so he dies. Here's an old guy. He died. That's all you need to know about him. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's like crosses all around, so we have like some sort of religious significance implied. Um, and then a bunch of pictures of nuns, and I actually think that the uh, the convent slash priory or whatever. Scenes were also shot at USC, by the way. Oh, yeah. I recognized some of those <laughs> corridors. So I was like, they just they just used it for everything, huh? So Anne lives in... Oh, yeah, I should mention that. They they film at a bunch at USC for this movie, and I went there, and I lived in the neighborhood where some of the outside scenes were shot, mm-hmm. and that's why I didn't finish this movie the first time. <laughs> is It's not that it freaked me out because I lived there. It's that I had to go see if I could find these places exactly, and I couldn't. So I just never got back to it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, that's the thing about watching movies with you sometimes. Like, I we watched um, that one Linklater film with Keanu Reeves. Oh, no. It was the rotoscoped one. Do you know what I'm talking about? Oh, oh, yeah. Um, a Scanner Darkly. Yeah, they drove through my town. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, had, I had aerial maps and photographs of, of the places where they went, which is, like... A block from my high school. <laughs> so, and I was like, check this out. They dri- they're they driving one way on the freeway, and then based on this, they're driving the other way on the freeway. <laughs> and that's what happens when you live in California, basically. Yeah. You never see, st- you never see stars, but sometimes when you're watching movies, you see home. <laughs> yeah, that rules, though, kind of. Like, like I've... I mean... I lost my shit when I saw it in theaters because that's like literally where I was. I was where they were driving. <laughs> oh my god! You're just like pointing at the screen, like that's me. I'm there. It, it's it's much funnier when it when it's all rotoscope like that because like the signs aren't there. So I just sort of like I see a big purple rectangle. I'm like that sign is outside. <laughs> um, shit. Um. So yeah, so 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 the old dude dies. Um, he has a book. He has a book or a diary. Yeah. Uh, so when we get we get a very very long static close up of the words "The Sleeper Awakens" mm-hmm. written on uh, in the book. Mm-hmm. And I'm all like, I'm sure this is very significant. <laughs> um, yep. <laughs> if, and then. At least according to my notes, we cut straight from that to Barack's lecture. Oh, yeah. Which is uh, a a very cool-looking physics professor lecturing a class at USC. And I I believe they are actually supposed to be at USC. One would hope uh, so. Yeah, I, they, they mentioned being in California and everything, mm-hmm. so I assume they're USC students. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's giving a lecture about how we all assume that time has a direction and all this stuff that's like basic common sense, but at the subatomic level and the quantum level, none of it actually holds up and it's all just subjective from our point of view. Mm -hmm. 
And it was a good lecture, and I wish they had just done just, just the done rest that. of the movie was that lecture. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I just just I want to go to that class. <laughs> just want to sit in on a weird physics lecture. I'm into it, yeah, for sure. Um, so, yeah, so it's it's snippets of that, and then it's um. We cut back to the priest, yeah, and he goes to the church for the first time. Um, I think. They found, I think it was the box that the priest was holding when he died. Uh-huh. There was a, the key was in it and, and the book maybe. Uh-huh. But anyway, it turns out that this key goes to this abandoned church that's also in LA, which honestly, given the timeline is very weird, but <laughs> uh, that's where it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's just some shots of him walking around in there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm so glad you took notes because we watched this last night. So I literally remember nothing. <laughs> yeah, I wrote, I basically, at least every scene transition I made a note, I think. Yeah. Except, except ironically during the most interesting part of the movie, because, well, we'll get, we'll get there, yeah, but yeah. nothing actually happens in the most interesting part of the movie. <laughs> Everyone just kind of sits still for a really long time, and it's the best part of the movie. <laughs> it's a good fucking movie, though. Um, so... What I remember is um, there's a lot of shots in this movie, and the first one is pretty early on with the, this uh, physics professor uh, just staring up at the sun, and it's like, yeah, that's yeah, the, you're right. The sun. He's, I, I can't believe I didn't write that down, but yeah, the professor is uh, is walking into the building before this lecture, and he just sort of stops and stares directly at the sun for a good fight, like. 15 seconds and the camera cuts to the sun and then back to him staring at the sun and then he goes inside and you know given the other shots it's possible the moon was also visible there and we didn't notice oh sure but uh those these shots were all actually tracking an eclipse that was about to happen ah. but i i absolutely did not notice the moon in that shot of the yeah yeah <laughs> <Nope>. but <laughs> even given that that was a long time to stare into the sun without explanation <laughs> Um, <laughs> so uh, my next note is bold stash. So I assume that's when Brian marches. Yes, yes. Um, <laughs> we have our our ma- our male protagonist Brian Marsh is kind of a douchebag, but I think he was I think he was joking about the the dumber shit he said. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he he seems to have no but, personality. Would you be Would that be fair to say? <laughs> he seems to have that, that actually does seem kind of fair to say Brian Brian Marsh has a big mustache and a small personality <laughs> yeah exactly and it works actually yeah, it does well I mean he's he's better than most horror movie male protagonists yeah I mean he definitely he feels well he also has like a he also has a theoretical physics almost degree yeah which is almost a personality <laughs> that's true as soon as he earns that degree that will be his personality so um yeah I just, yeah, I feel he he's like the male protagonist of this movie because he's kind of the love interest in this movie. But I definitely, he definitely feels more like a side character than say, um, oh, I'm, great, I can't even remember her name, but the redhead chick and also Walter. Catherine. Catherine. I couldn't either. I wrote it down when they mentioned her at the very end of the movie because I realized I didn't know her name. <laughs> yeah, Catherine and Walter. It's it's literally written at the top of the, my page in big letters, mm-hmm. so I wouldn't forget it. Yeah. I also didn't know Kelly's name until near the end, so I noted that. My notes refer to her as what's-her-name for, or what's-her-face for a while. Yeah. Before I have a note that says what's-her-name-is-Kelly. Well, when you have a huge cast like this does. Yeah, there's, there's, a, there's about, like, 15 to 20 characters in this movie, and 
I call Brian and Catherine the protagonists, but they're they're all pretty much equal. Yeah. There some get a little more time than others. Yeah, we don't really some, but yeah, we don't really follow anyone's story. The anyone we follow closest it's, is probably Walter. Yeah, Walter definitely stands out the most among the cast. But we'll, we'll, we'll get, get to, to that. Gay icon Walter. <laughs> okay, so um, uh, Catherine and um, um, Brandon, Brian. Brian. Please don't drag the name Brandon through the mud anymore. That trust me, as a former Brandon, there are no good characters named that ever in the history of media. Um. So Brad. Uh, <laughs> Brian, Brian Marsh. Bob goes and they like flirt with one another, um, and that's fun. Um, and there's like <laughs> immediately as soon as they started interacting, I was like, oh, they're gonna fuck. Um, and then about and I was like, I don't remember. I only watched about half of the movie, and then about one scene later, they fucked, and I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> Well, you know, honestly, I'm glad it wasn't like the whole movie wasn't like sexual tension between them. Yeah, there that it, it was it was much better. Like more movies should do this. Like the guy and the girl see each other, and it's obvious that they're gonna fuck, so they just do. Yeah, and then we don't have to talk about it anymore. <laughs> exactly. Um, to be honest, they just go to his house over by my house <laughs> and they have sex. <laughs> and then you think about that for Actually, a while. Actually, I don't even know whose house. I don't even know whose house that was. <laughs> It really wasn't established at all. No, no. I mean, so there's we're supposed to be connected to the relationship, but it just feels like we're supposed to be. I think even that's saying too much. I think I think he actually might have put that scene in there just so you wouldn't wonder later. Yeah, maybe, maybe. That actually seems like a perfectly valid decision to make. It's just they have sex now so you can stop talking about it. <laughs> I'm into it. I'm into it. Uh, and then, then we really don't like later. He he's emotionally invested in her, but we don't have to like wonder will they, won't they? It's like they did. Mm-hmm. They did. It's cool. Mm-hmm. They like each other. Whatever. Mm-hmm. So, um, uh, and then so th- okay. so all these students get like told by their professor that. Well, for, hang on. First, Barack has the meeting with the priest. Oh yeah, that's where right. Where he tells him. Uh, Barack is the professor, and I do not know the priest's name at all, but, uh, Barack, uh, or he tells Barack that he found, quote, an unusual physical phenomenon, Mm -hmm. which I noted because that was, I mean, maybe he really didn't know what it was yet, but it seems like he had some idea, and that wasn't a very good way to describe it. (laughs) It was a very neutral way to describe it in his defense. (laughs) Yeah, because what it is is essentially, I think we see it in the scene, it's like a weird green tube thing. Yeah, it's a it's a big glass tube full of swirling, glowing green fluids, either gas or liquid, it's yeah, not clear. Stuff. Actually, no, I think they they do specifically say it's a, no, I'm thinking of something else, but it's it's a fluid of some kind, yeah, we f- and it's swirling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so that's all very om- ominous. Um, and they, this is also when he mentions the Brotherhood of Sleep, mm-hmm. uh, which is the order that that dead uh, priest from the very beginning belonged to. Mm-hmm. And apparently he was like the last one who knew the secret about this thing. Mm-hmm. So he just sort of left that diary and was like, someone please do something about this. <laughs> I- um, and also there's a really cool shot where someone's someone's watching something on TV 
and the camera pulls back behind his TV, and there are just ants swarming all over the TV. Mm-hmm. And the same ants were earlier seen swarming outside the church. Yeah, there's a lot of, like, good bug motifs in this movie. Yeah, there are. Mm-hmm. Um, um, so... Okay, now, then we get do get to the part where Barack asks those students to come on a weekend thing with him. Yeah. Which is when we meet Walter. Yes, Walter. Who, who gets severely pissed about having to give up his weekend because he has he had weekend plans <laughs> to go on some kind of date to which someone someone responds, "Oh, what's his name?" Uh-huh. Mhm. So And Walter obviously denies this, but 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 Walter's, if it, Walter's a gay If icon. it was just a one-off thing, it would be a, yeah. this is just a weird like weird, like joke or whatever, but it's literally like a joke at that he's like maybe gay. Like throughout, like several times throughout the rest of the movie, and I'm like, yeah, I think I know what's going on. Here. Everything, everything about his character is is designed to make him seem gay. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like he's, <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. Also, just just so we can, just as a note for when it becomes relevant to a joke later, uh, Walter is Asian. Yeah, he is. Um, this one, this this movie has. Uh, for for a horror movie, a pretty diverse cast, I would say. Well, especially for a a, a horror movie that's about like physics students mm-hmm. and like biologists with advanced degrees. Yeah, they have a there's like there's like four there's three or four I think four women. I think it's half and, women at least the students there. Yeah, the the students are 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 like half women. Mm-hmm. And there's a there's an there's also an ethnic mix and so on. Mm-hmm. And earlier uh, in Brian and Catherine's conversation, he makes a comment about not seeing many uh, about how women are never physicists, and she's like, "That's sexist, and you're an asshole." And he's like, "That was a joke, and I'm sorry. Let's start over." <laughs> yeah, it's a good exchange. Um, John Carpenter is woke. <laughs> yeah, woke Bay John Carpenter. Um. All women are queens, Brian. <laughs> um. <laughs> All women are physicists, John. <laughs> All women are physicists. Yep, that checks out. That checks out as far as I'm concerned. Uh, then I wrote, Brian has a whole mustache full of dumb, so I guess he must have said something. <laughs> yeah, probably. Um, then... Uh, then we get the we we see the homeless people for the oh, first time. Oh yeah. Okay, so the one thing that really bothers me about this movie is that uh, yes. the vessel for horror is homeless people. And it's like cuz they're like Not not just that it's homeless people, but that there seems there's a strong parallel between homeless people and literal vermin. Yeah. And it's like not there's right? an implication that they're the same category of thing. Yeah. And it's it's like and it's not good. Yeah, it's not great. <laughs> it's bad. Like I, I, I get the decision, but at the same time, it's a, still a bad decision. You know? Yeah. Like you probably could have communicated that in ways that didn't like, um, like remove the yeah, humanity is... from literal human beings. Yeah. So this is just the first time, and we just see that one lady, mm-hmm. and she's got like. I just wrote with ants. I don't remember if they were on her or what, but she's with uh, a bunch of those ants that we've been seeing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and then, um, yeah, because like they walk out of an alleyway and shit like that. 
or something. Yeah, and and then after uh, this is as the students are going inside. I think mm -hmm. they see her. Mm -hmm. uh, and then after they go inside, we see that there's actually just like there's like a ton of homeless people gathering around the church. Yeah, and they've been there since early in the Spooky morning. Homeless people. Yeah, just like <laughs> yeah. staring. It's like okay. <laughs> um, uh, then we meet Doctor Paul Leahy, which doesn't turn out to be that important. Yeah. He's he's just another character. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, I like his voice though for some reason. Yeah, he's got a he's got a strong voice. <laughs> Way to go, Paul! And speaking of voices, we then see the homeless lady outside again, and she comes up to the priest and tells him in Satan's voice uh, that it's wonderful what he's doing with the church <laughs> while holding a cup full of maggots and ants. Yep, yep, as one does. <laughs> Which. Which of course freaks the uh, freaks the priest right out, yeah. and he runs inside. Yep. Mm -hmm. Um. So there's there's a big period of time where like a lot of the students there, and I don't even think all of them are physicists. Like, oh, like no, some, there's there's also biologists and chemists. I know for a fact. Yeah, and also I think some like like linguists as well, because there was some translating happening. Oh, you're right. Um. I don't, I don't remember her name, but the Asian woman is a linguist. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then Kelly, I think it's Kelly who's the mathematician. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so just a bunch of fucking nerds nerding out. Um, but no one really knows what the fuck is going on here because it's all in, like, the basement area. Yeah, they, they, the priest and Barak will not tell anyone what's going on, and they still haven't showed them the, uh, the big swirly. Yeah, so everyone's just setting up and being like, but what are we supposed to be testing here? Like, what are we supposed to be looking for? You know, there's just like they're all very confused, and it's 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 probably a pretty reasonable representation of how things would go if a physicist had to tell his students that they were there to investigate Satan. Yeah, <laughs> Satan is what it turns out they're there to study. Satan is what's in the big green tube. Yeah, according to the books found with it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, so, so that's all very exciting. Or, no, actually, it's, it's the, is it, was it the son of Satan? Well. Oh, no, they, they yeah, yeah, no, he's Satan, and then they mention the father of yeah, Satan Yeah, later. yeah, yeah. Which um, is, yeah. I tried to, like. Uh, I also, I have the window worms written down here. Oh, so I love at the this window point worms. In the movie, <laughs> worms have just started appearing on the windows like the third story windows of the church yeah and it's very people are very creeped out but probably not creeped out enough yeah okay because there's just like a small section of worms and if you're like that if you honestly if i saw that i'd be like well that's weird wow that's weird yeah, yeah. but i just kind of like i'm sure there's a, a rational but later explanation in the, for but this by, by the time that that same window suddenly in in the last hour or two has become covered in just worms completely. that's when you have to go well that's not that's not normal yeah, well that's not <laughs> who's throwing worms at my window and how are they sticking also you know yeah i it, it looked like there was dirt around them as well yeah so it's like hmm this is concerning <laughs> this <laughs> I should be I should be doing something. Do you think this, this might have something to do with the Satan downstairs? Maybe, but you could never be too sure. Um, uh, I think it's 
Kelly downstairs bumps her arm, and that forms a bruise. Oh, yeah, I didn't I didn't even write that down. That's kind of important. Yeah, but I mean, you probably didn't write it down because it didn't seem important. But, it didn't seem important at the time, no. But it becomes important. But yeah, Kelly bumps her arm on some, like, some machine. big equipment. Yeah, thing. Um, and then... And they start, they talk about how the... There, there's a book down there, the thing that tells them that it's supposedly Lucifer in the tube. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's been, it's been like, written directly over in different languages a whole bunch of times. And so they're, like, having, tr- they're scanning it to try to, like, not only fi- figure out what it says and then translate it, and then also translate that into a bunch of differential equations. Uh-huh. Uh, and these are like two. Uh, this is a two thousand year old book full of differential equations that were invented sometime in like the last hundred years when this movie was was uh, made. I think. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, because Walter makes a comment about like, wait, differential equations. We didn't. We didn't invent those. We didn't have differential equations two thousand years ago, and they're like, yeah, that's the point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's the weird thing about this. Um. <laughs> Yes, Walter, that's why we're all taking this seriously. Walter is absolutely adamant that it cannot possibly be Satan in the tube, no matter what happens. <laughs> Pretty much until it literally tries to kill him. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> God bless you, Walter. <laughs> uh, this, that's, this is when um, Kelly notices her bruise. Uh, Kelly, who bumped into the machine earlier, now has a big bruise on her arm. Mm-hmm. And and Walter asks her if maybe it's just nerves. And she's like, nerves don't bruise, Walter. And he says, I used to break out when I was a kid. Doctor said it was homosexual panic. <laughs> hmm. Thinking. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> Walter. And at this point, basically unnamed guy in bottle glasses who wanted to go home and just wanted just came here to get some college credit Mm -hmm. like most of these kids Mm -hmm. um uh finishes setting up some equipment then he's like okay have fun with your weird shit i'm going home Mm -hmm. uh and so he goes out into the back alley and walks down some steps and encounters a crucified pigeon Mm -hmm. uh which he is a little put off by (laughs) so he's like uh i'm gonna go so he starts walking down the the alleyway and he's blocked by a homeless guy who picks up a broken bike that's sitting on the ground for some reason Uh um and he's like okay well i guess i won't go that way so he turns around and the homeless army is backing blocking the stairs now Mm -hmm. and they just sort of pincher him in and the homeless guy stabs him right through the chest with the broken bike uh frame Uh uh-huh and just sort of leaves him propped up on the front wheel mm-hmm. in the alley. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It was it was pretty cool. Yeah, it was. But also, like, this guy did not fight at all. He put up zero fight. You know, he was just kind of like, certainly. I, this- I, I don't think he he could reasonably have done anything. He well, was a pre- he was an even by the standards of this group, an enormous nerd boy. Yeah, he was kind of a weenie, but like still like. It, and I guess things Also, yeah. I don't I think I don't know if he you would immediately recognize unless you knew you were watching a horror movie. I don't know if you would recognize a man carrying a bike as a stabbing weapon. Oh, sure. I guess that's fair. <laughs> like he's just like, "Okay, well, this homeless guy picked up some trash and he's going to walk by me." And, oh, oh. Well, I'm done oh. now. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, shucks. Um, there goes my college credit. Well, and then literally no one talks about him again, as far as I can remember. I'm not even sure his body's in the alley when they go out there later. 
It just it was dissolved into the earth. Um, they may they may have taken it. It's he's the only body that's never seen again. Yeah, interesting. Um, kind of weird. Yeah, he's never seen before or after this scene. <laughs> well, that's fine. <laughs> um, so then we go back to science times. Yes. Um, and the biologists are freaking out because they've determined that what's in the tube is basically primordial ooze, like uh, a pre-life soup, Uh except it's self-organizing into some sort of living creature. Oh, good. (laughs) Which they they note is not possible and not how the world works. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Which is... One of the many times people keep telling them, like, we just had a whole lecture about how common sense doesn't mean anything. Mm -hmm. So, like, it's happening. Mm -hmm. Deal with it. We're all all fighting Satan for college credit, and you just have to come to accept that. Yeah. They also also determined that the tube itself is seven million years old. Good. Which pretty handily rules out it being made by any sort of human ever. Right, right. Um. <laughs> and what they do not notice is that at the top of it, the fluid is actually escaping, and it's dripping up to the ceiling. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of dope. <laughs> um. And at this point, they translate the part about... Oh, this is, this is where it gets wild. <laughs> this is this where, is they where translate it gets the wild. Part about, yeah, this is where it gets wild. This is where they translate the part about the father of Satan who came to Earth from space uh-huh. and was a big monstrous space alien with crazy powers. Uh-huh. Um, except, and somehow he, he, they managed to banish him to, quote, the dark side. Yep. Uh, which is not ex- not really explained, but also they note that they don't know what it's talking about, so it's not like a plot hole or anything. Yeah. They they just legitimately don't understand what's happening. Yeah. I love how um, this movie is like kind of science fiction but also metaphysical at the same time. It's like so I've been listening to like Oh No Russ and Carrie and they've been talking about like uh-huh. ufologists who kind of do the same thing where it's like like if you're in the ufologist community, you have like m- metaphysical tendencies as well as like weird science yeah. tendencies and I don't know just like it's fascinating how those two kind of link up with one another in these sort of yeah, and that's that's the movie the students in the movie very much do not have these tendencies yeah. <laughs> they're very ups- they're very upset by all of these revelations that they are having difficulty disproving mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and it continues on to say that uh, Jesus was another kind of space alien that looked more humanoid, mm-hmm. that came to Earth to warn us about Satan yeah. uh, 2,000 years ago, mm-hmm. which doesn't really add up with 90% of what he said, according to the Bible, but okay. <laughs> sure, man. I mean, like, you know, things get things get mistranslated. You Sometimes you want yeah. to warn the human beings about uh, uh, Satan, and then you end up being translated to be talking about adultery, and sometimes, you know, that's just how... <laughs> Life works sometimes, you know. We're fallible creatures. There's a space alien and he's coming to get you. But what do you think about wives divorcing their husbands? <laughs> well, I mean, I personally, I'm, I'm not really for it. But what I'm here to talk about is Satan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that means... That- Tell us about taxes! <laughs> 
Yeah, that leads me to believe, yeah, exactly. It was, like, a situation where, like, Jesus was all, like, I have something very important to tell you. But he was, like, really passive as a person. So, like, everyone else kept asking him <laughs> questions. And he just never got a word in edgewise. <laughs> which I'm kind of obsessed with. <laughs> it's it's a very fun headcanon for this very strange movie. <laughs> My Jesus headcanon. <laughs> that was a whole... Thing in uh, American Gods, huh? Yeah, yes, it was. <laughs> um, okay, so at this point, I've now realized that I've completely forgotten this character until now. Uh, a woman who I made fun of them for continuing to say this, but I've forgotten her name. So, radiologist glasses. Uh huh. <laughs> I think her name might have been Susan. Okay. Uh, but yeah, I was so fixated on how they they repeatedly used the exact wording, radiologist glasses to say who they were talking about, which they clearly just picked up from the last person to ask them, because none of them know who she is, apparently. Uh, anyway, so the woman we will call Susan goes downstairs to the tube for some reason, mm-hmm. and she is the first one to notice that there is a big pool of green fluid on the ceiling, mm-hmm. which then sprays a big old stream of it right down her throat. Yep. Yeah, it's, like, not great. Because she, like, gags. Oh, no, her name is Susan. I wrote down the words, where's Susan here? <laughs> Good. Well, let me sleuth that one out. Yeah, she, like, writhes and gags, and it's not great. Um, so Yeah, she basically dies. Yeah, in a, in a matter of it's, speaking. It's, it's not really important whether she did or didn't, because we know that whether they, they were dead before or not, they can come back. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is what's going to happen with her. Um, which, as I said, that glasses boy is the only one who does not get back up after dying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think all the others get the fluid sprayed in them, mm-hmm. though. Um, I think you're right. And this is where the priest has his big breakdown. Yep. Uh, he gets He's so fucking angry because, at basically, the church 2,000 years ago knew this oh no actually this does kind of explain the bible thing uh especially since the bible was heavily edited later Mm -hmm. um they talk about how the church totally knew all the stuff that jesus from space came to talk about Mm -hmm. but uh they decided that like their the technology was so far beyond humanity and there was just like we can't explain this we don't even understand this (laughs) so they made the decision to to come up with the idea of like good and evil Mm -hmm. which sort of erases the last six thousand years of theology right right but uh anyway according to this movie the the catholic church basically invented the idea of good and evil as spiritual concepts when in reality they are physical entities Mm -hmm. yep way to go uh and the priest is so mad because he's he was basically raised to be a salesman for an idea that isn't that the church knew wasn't true Mm -hmm. because they didn't want him even him to know the truth right which seemingly has little effect on his faith later yeah I mean, he doesn't really I guess have you gotta a lot. got to go with what you know. Yeah, he doesn't have a lot left, to be fair, you know? Yeah. It's that or nothing, really. Um, so. Uh, so this is when Brian uh, pulls Barack aside uh, and shows him a little seismometer that I guess must have been hooked up to the, uh, the tube 
to see if it moved. Uh-huh. Uh, and there's a bunch of little pulses that Brian somehow interprets as it directing a focused stream of energy, which clearly was the stream of fluid that it sprayed at Susan. Yeah. But Barack is like, well, we have no idea what that is. That could have been a small a small tremor we're in California, mm-hmm. or that could have been a draft of wind. We can't just go, go around telling people that the tube has psychokinesis. <laughs> Which, again, a fair point from a scientific standpoint. <laughs> but someone should have fucking gone down and looked at it. Because Susan's body is laying next to it and no one knows. <laughs> and accordingly, this is the part where first someone first notices that Susan is gone. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it was Frank. Maybe. No, Frank is the one who's outside. No, you know, no I'm, I think it was Frank. Frank uh, goes looking for Susan. Uh, I think he was the one who hit on Susan earlier and then realized that she was married. Mm-hmm. Um, boy, that sucks for her husband. I didn't. Yeah, I yeah, yeah. I didn't married. realize. <laughs> Sorry, Satan killed your wife, dude. Yep. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. So Frank goes around asking people where Susan is, and he's the one who originates the phrase "radiologist glasses." <laughs> um, <laughs> Oh, yeah, and my next note is Ganked Frank. So, yes, if I would just look at my notes, his name is, in fact, Frank. <laughs> um, so, yeah, he goes looking for her. Oh, Walt, or he talks to Walter, who had just seen Susan standing at the end of the hallway ominously yeah, yeah. without her glasses. Uh-huh. And he just made some dumb comments at her and then was like, well, whatever, and went to his room. <laughs> Which, good, good work, Walter, keeping yourself alive here. Uh, walked off alone and encountered the monster in a horror movie and just went to bed. (laughs) Yeah, because we were both like, oh, he's definitely going to die I was like, great, I can't believe we're going to kill the gay Asian man now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, First the woman and now him. And uh, Oh, actually, no. I I already forgot that the glasses boy died first. Um, (laughs) Yeah. But no, Walter's fine. Yeah. Uh, Frank comes up and Walter's like, oh, yeah, she's right at the end of the hallway. And he's like, no, she's not. It's like... Well, maybe she walked away, dude. (laughs) So Frank concedes that this is a valid point and goes to look for her. Um, And he keeps he keeps seeing her at the ends of hallways, and then she walks away. So he follows her until he finally makes his way downstairs um, to the where the uh, to where the tube is, and he's just like looking around. He's like, "What's going on here?" And she comes up behind him and breaks his neck. Yep. And then lays him down, and the puddle sprays another stream of liquid into Frank's mouth. Mm -hmm. And this is where it gets weird again. This is the dream broadcast. Oh, I love this so much. It makes... Do you want to talk about the dream broadcast? I do. It's like, so, like, it's, it's, we get this, like, it looks like someone's filming a TV, um, and it's got, like, this voiceover that's, like, weirdly, like, tinny and metallic, saying, like, this is not a dream, we're trying to reach you, and this is the way we can. We come from the year, well, it keeps getting cut off until the end of the movie, but it's, like, 1999, you know, 1999, um, and we're just, we're trying to communicate something, and we see this, like, this ominous black figure, like it's it's the front of a church, I'm pretty sure, and this ominous black figure. It's it's the front of the church. Yeah, you yeah. can you can see the the Goddard Church sign. Yeah, yeah, and this ominous black like cloaked figure is coming out of the 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 doorway, and then it just cuts like whenever anyone wakes up, and it's always really suddenly, and it's like 
this is so cool. It's just like such a really neat little, like extremely eerie concept, you know? Like, cause it, yeah, they, it's so They big. eventually talk about this and apparently the Brotherhood of Sleep is called that partly because they call Satan the sleeper and partly because anyone in the vicinity of Satan receives that broadcast whenever they go to sleep. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, so they, uh, once they, well, let's see. Okay, no, some stuff happens before the tachyons. Mm -hmm. um, this is when Kelly's bruise forms the astrologist's staff yep. sigil. Yep. <laughs> right in the middle, and no one, uh, no one sees anything significant about this. Yep. Though they have already seen that sigil in the book under a warning that the Satan will choose one of them. Yep, yep. So everyone's doing really well right now, basically. Just doing a really good job. <laughs> and I didn't write down when this happened, but at this point, or right before this, um, Susan Corners... Um, I don't know her name. The the Asian woman who mm -hmm. was the linguist. Mm -hmm. uh, or she's she's taking a nap. Mm -hmm. if she's she, she gets the same dream broadcast. But she wakes up and Susan is on top of her in the bed, mm -hmm. and she's just like, "Um, yeah, can I help you?" Yeah, yeah. And then Susan sprays a stream of the fluid from her mouth into into the other woman's. Yep. Uh, converting her into another one. Yep. I guess. Yep. Uh, and so we then get a scene where Calder, who is the black guy, mm -hmm. um, uh, finds her. Uh, typing and he's like hey are you okay because like some weird shit's happening and we're gonna have a meeting in the lab and hey 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 why aren't you looking at me yeah no. so he goes over to her and she's been she's been typing on her computer like she's been doing the whole movie yeah but it, he sees that she's just typing the words i live over and over and over again yeah not even looking at the screen or anything just like yeah she she turns her head to look at him and continues typing i live over and over again on the screen and then she types uh and then uh, like oh yeah you're right um, something something like you will not the the Holy Ghost will you will not be saved by the Holy Ghost you will not be saved by the God plutonium mm -hmm. in fact you will not be saved yeah it's pretty awesome and then Susan closes the door to the room mm -hmm. and one of them infects Calder yep um, so then we get another Brian scene mm -hmm. uh, Brian is talking. I think, no, they've, they've all started... The priest has told them that the dream is not a dream at this point. Uh-huh. Because none of them talked about it, so they didn't know everyone was having that dream until the priest told them. Uh-huh. Uh, and once he tells them that this broadcast comes to everyone, mm -hmm. Brian talks about how someone in the future could be using a tachyon beam, which, if you're familiar with Star Trek or some other franchises you probably know, are particles that move faster than light and so backwards in time. Mm -hmm. uh, and... At this point, mates does something that I've never seen another sci-fi thing do, which is he talks about someone in the future uh, aiming a tachyon stream at where it would intersect the Earth's position in the past, accounting for its revolution around the, the sun and the sun's revolution around the galaxy and the galaxy's movement. I'm like, finally, someone mentions that you can't just go back in time without moving. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> the Earth is going like a million miles per hour. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so he thinks that someone from the future is using a tachyon beam to communicate back to the past to try to stop 
whatever is going to happen from happening, which also is what the broadcast says. Uh, it says something like, uh, you are receiving this in an attempt to ch alter the events that you are seeing. Mm -hmm. Yep. Which really doesn't work very well, well at it all. It kind of works, because uh, at the end, it's someone else who comes through the, um, the church door. But it doesn't really, you know, at the very end of the Yeah. Movie. Uh, so where were we? Wyndham. Uh, Wyndham. Wyndham goes outside, uh, mm -hmm. and gets, well, he gets stabbed by the homeless lady. Oh, no, actually, yeah. he's, he's outside, and he's, he's, I think he's leaving. Or just getting mm -hmm. a smoke or something. Mm -hmm. Oh, no, he's outside with Calder and someone else at first. And they're all talking mm. about how it's weird in there. And mm -hmm. uh, then Calder and the other guy are like, we're going to go back in because this seems kind of important. And Wyndham's like, mm -hmm. okay, I'm not. <laughs> uh, so they leave and Wyndham's out there. And suddenly he notices that like 20 homeless people have lined up at the far side of mm -hmm. the parking lot. And so he's looking mm -hmm. at them. And so then suddenly a swarm of beetles are around his feet and crawling up his leg and onto his face. Yep. And he's like, oh shit. And while he's dealing with that, a homeless lady runs like 50 feet across the parking lot on camera holding half of a pruning shears and just ganks him repeatedly. Yep. That may actually have been why I wrote down ganked Frank, given that I just said ganked, but that was Wyndham, not Frank. <laughs> yeah. Well, but I definitely had them confused case. earlier in the movie. He may have yeah. died before Frank. Who can who Perhaps. can know now? No one. Who, who there knows? is no record. Who could possibly know? Yeah. Um, right. So that happened a while ago, before the tachyon beam thing. <laughs> yeah, but it's important to establish anyway because he shows up again. Again, right after the tachyon beam thing. Um, mm -hmm. So at this point, my note says hello. Yeah, this this part is so cool actually cuz um so he's like he, so we see him outside and it's pitch black except for him which is illuminated but nothing else is outside um and he starts he, well he looks like shit first of all but he talks in this like really mechanical voice. Yeah, it's like echoey um, and tinny, but not like not like yeah. the broadcast, but it's it's like he's yelling through a tin can or something. Yeah, yeah. Um or like he's literally made of metal or whatever. Yeah. Um, so it's it's just extremely eerie. And like he says, I don't remember what he says, but it's all very I ominous, didn't write I'm down sure. anything he says besides hello. Yeah. Cause he, he, says say it, hello. he says it a whole bunch. He keeps saying hello. And they're like, what the hell? And then as mm -hmm. then they all gather around the window and they start to notice that Frank is very clearly dead and been stabbed to death. Or Wyndham has been stabbed <laughs> to death. Uh, and they're uh -huh. like, what the fuck? And so then his hand falls off. And then yeah, his he just... head falls off. And yeah, beetles yeah. start swarming talking. all over him. And it's mm -hmm. clear that his body is being eaten while he's talking to them. And so it just starts mm -hmm. collapsing into like a pile of limbs that gets swarmed over by beetles. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. it's really rad. Yeah, it's rules. <laughs> um, uh, then we get to the, the, the next coolest uh, sort of death scene. Uh, Calder was turned already uh, into mm -hmm. one of the the things. I don't know what you want to call them. Satan's puppet mm -hmm. things. Uh, but he wasn't yeah. killed like most of the others were. And so he's, mm -hmm. he comes up 
from the other side of the room, dragging a chair up the stairs and almost screaming Amazing Grace just mm-hmm. at the top mm-hmm. of his lungs, sweating and smiling. And everyone's like, Calder, are you okay? <laughs> and continuing to just smile and sort of laugh. He rips a piece of wood off of the chair, sticks it in his throat, and cuts it all the way across and collapses. Yep, yep. This, there's, like, a bunch of scenes in this movie that make me think that Satan just has, like, a kind of a weird sense of humor. Yeah, because you know? this is this is clearly on the level of just fucking with them. Yeah, yeah. Especially given that Calder is not in control, but he does keep laughing. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's actually a lot mm-hmm. of laughing, because once Kelly gets up later, she's laughing all the time, too. Uh, mm-hmm. Satan is very excited about coming back to life. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He's he's like Palpatine. He's he's genuinely he's genuinely happy about being evil. Yeah, <laughs> he loves it. Um, yep, I mean he should be. He is literally Satan. Yeah, you know Satan. Um, yeah. So at this point, uh, we see Kelly who had gone to bed earlier because she wasn't feeling well, which no one connected to the weird sigil and bruise that was on her arm. Um, uh huh. And. While Calder was actually just distracting them, both Wyndham and Calder were being very loud and horrifying in order to keep their attention because uh, Susan and the other woman have been dragging uh, the Satan tube into the room where Kelly is sleeping, which is on the same floor that Mm -hmm. everyone else is in. Uh, And Calder Mm -hmm. was blocking the doorway to that side, which stopped anyone Mm -hmm. from noticing this. Um, Yep. So... They, the tube has started to unseal itself. They noted earlier that it appeared only able to open from the inside, um, mm-hmm. which is creepy. And I don't, yeah. I still don't quite understand who put him in the tube. It wasn't really yeah. very clear, but I think, yeah. I think it was his father put him in the tube so that when uh-huh. his, when he lost, Satan would come back later to get him. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. So S- Satan's father buried him in the tube. Uh, yep. And... Okay, so... The the liquid starts flooding up onto the ceiling again. And then it starts pouring into Kelly through her eyes, nose, and mouth. Mm-hmm. And it, there's a lot of it. <laughs> and yeah. she and actually, like, this... balloons up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's kind of bizarre. At first when I saw this scene, I thought it was coming out of Yeah, her? that's be- it's because but- of how they filmed it. Um Yeah. The the fluid it, you can tell all the time where it's it's dripping up and stuff. Uh they did a lot of reversing the film and stuff sort of like with which mm-hmm. gives it a twin peaks quality which just came about by mm-hmm. necessity, not by mm-hmm. intentional reference, but because Twin Peaks used so much film reversal for the Black Lodge, it looks very similar. Um mm-hmm. So, I guess at this point Walter manages to wander into this room. <laughs> yeah, and then he just kind of gets stuck in the closet. Yeah, he gets... Oh my god, Walter's in the closet. <laughs> oh my god. As, a, as that was coming out of my mouth, I realized the implication of the statement. Ladies and gentlemen, yeah. neither of us realized that Walter literally spends a quarter of this movie in the closet. <laughs> Before getting out oh with the gosh. help of his friends. Um... Yep. But (laughs) this he also has another great line here, right before he gets into the closet, when he's being menaced by uh Susan and the other woman. Uh 
they, he's looking at them and he's like, listen, normally I love being dominated by women, but this is a bit much. <laughs> oh, Walter. Oh, Walter. Uh, also, this this is the follow-up to his earlier joke, um, which, which I don't know I totally if we actually mentioned. About. No, we didn't. Um, there's, there's a part where Walter was talking to the Asian woman, uh, and this is why th- that was actually relevant. He's talking to her and he's trying, he's like flirting with her kind of, but she just really has no time for him as does, as do mm-hmm. most of the people in this movie. And he's like, you know, <laughs> did anyone ever tell you you could pass for Asian? <laughs> and I don't understand this joke. Maybe it was a common joke at the time, but we're both completely dumbfounded by this joke that he made. Uh, I'm not even, I don't know if it's racist. I don't know if it's very funny. We've lost the context. But whatever it is, she doesn't seem too happy about it, and so she she storms out on him. Mm -hmm. Um, I think this was when he went to take a nap, and she was just getting up. Uh Um, So he gets gets trapped in the closet, and the closet has this window, so he can see them out there. And he's also the only one who can see what's happening to Kelly this whole time. Um, Mm -hmm. And so he's standing at the door, he's like, Listen, I'm sorry about what I said earlier. You don't look Asian at all. (laughs) <laughs> and the, the, the follow-up is the only reason I even mention these jokes Because I get the impression that this was probably very funny at the time uh-huh. <laughs> It wasn't just like a one-off thing Anyway um, Yeah I love Walter <laughs> Me too So now he's just trapped in the closet They, they stop once he's, once he's locked in there They stop trying to get to him So he basically spends the next like half hour of the movie Just sort of reporting on what's happening to Kelly uh, because everyone else it turns out got um, gets attacked by the reanimated bodies of the men um, mm-hmm. and they get trapped in the room right next door and they actually have an adjoining mm-hmm. wall with Walter so they can talk to each other and mm-hmm. and they're not stupid they do start trying to dig out dig him out through the wall at the very beginning uh-huh. but there's like four layers of plaster and a couple r- walls of brick in between them uh-huh. so they like this movie actually takes place over a very long time and there are a couple mm-hmm. times when there are just clearly hours between scenes that they have just been stuck mm-hmm. sitting there um uh-huh. and nonetheless they still do just just sit there for most of the next half hour uh but it's mm-hmm. still the best part of the movie and this is what i was talking about before nothing happens uh-huh. but it's very tense and very good yeah exactly nothing has to happen uh-huh. to be scary yeah no, it's really good. Um, so uh, Kelly is like slowly like absorbing the fluid into her um, during this whole process, and like. Yeah, I don't like, have any. I don't have any notes between him saying normally I love being dominated by women, and then when she gets up, which is a very long yeah. time afterwards. But um, yeah, she, she first her, like, she she absorbs all of the um, all of the fluid into her body, so she stops being all swollen. Then her skin starts mm-hmm. blistering, and the blistering spreads all over. Uh, and uh-huh. by the time she gets up again, her face is, like, mostly blood and a little skin left. Right. Um, oh, yeah. yeah I, there, there is sure. one thing I didn't note, but it is actually kind of important. At some point during all this, the, the priest is not with everyone else. The priest went into another yeah. room, and shortly after, Calder followed him in there, but doesn't know he's there. Because yeah. Calder saw a mirror on the wall and spent apparently the next like 12 hours 
staring at himself in the mirror and laughing and touching it. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. While the priest just sat behind like a bookcase or something. Or some, actually, it looks yeah. like some sort of machine later. But he sits behind yeah. some large piece of equipment in the room with Calder, just mm-hmm. waiting for him to leave or something. Um, yeah. So, finally, Kelly gets up, and she is now fully Satan. Um, mm-hmm. Satan is using her body as a vessel to con- and controlling the others. And she, like, sends a wave of force across the room and, like, cracks the door that leads to Walter's closet. Mm-hmm. Uh, and mm-hmm. the, the other women start tearing into it. And then, fortunately, mm-hmm. right at this point, they manage to get a big enough hole for Walter to escape through. But, of course, the women mm-hmm. get in right after, and they're, they're, uh, they follow Walter through the hole. And so they just they mm-hmm. club the woman who isn't Susan with bricks for, like, a solid two minutes. And mm-hmm. just, it has no effect on her. But she's just, like, yeah. trying to crawl out of this tiny hole, continuously being struck with bricks. Uh, yeah, they end up just tossing her out the window. Yeah, and finally they just grab her and throw her straight out the window. Um, then, uh, because Paul had tried to go out into the hallway earlier and immediately gotten sprayed in the face, um, mm-hmm. he gets up and sprints at them, and they just sort of duck, and he also flies out the window. <laughs> and it's very funny, and, then, and I don't know if that was intentional or not. And then the same thing happens to Susan. She also gets thrown out the window, No, right? only, only two people go out the window. Maybe it was, maybe oh, it was her shit, and thought- Susan. But I thought it was her and then uh, Paul when he runs in from the hallway. Yeah, or I whoever comes from the hallway. It might have been Frank. Yeah. Um... Let's see. So Kelly uh, picks up a compact that fell on the floor and it has a mirror mm-hmm. in it. And she gets very excited about this mirror and she's looking into it and it starts to glow. And after it starts mm-hmm. to glow, she starts to reach her fingers through the mirror. And we see the far side of the mirror is just this big black space, apparently. And her fingers go through mm-hmm. it a little ways, but eventually the mirror just breaks uh, mm-hmm. for some reason. Presumably that she just couldn't use this mirror. Uh, well, she 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 gets frustrated because her hand she can't. Oh, does she break it? Her hand through it, and she throws it on okay. the ground and it breaks. So yeah, yeah, she gets she gets irritated because this mirror is not big enough for whatever she's doing. Which it's it's literally two inches wide. So she smashes it. Yeah, it just it just means that Satan is kind of a petulant child <laughs> yeah. as well. Which which is good. So, yeah, Kelly is Satan good. is very good. I like Kelly Satan. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um. Mm-hmm. I have the words power zap written here. I think I think Kelly makes all the power go out or something. Maybe. I don't really remember. Something weird happens with the power. Um, mm-hmm. But then uh, Kelly Satan goes and finds the room where Calder is with uh, and the priest. And, of course, Calder has been looking at this giant mirror the whole time. Which mm-hmm. finally makes sense, which is why I hadn't written it down earlier. Um, mm-hmm. And so the whole mirror, which is a, it's, it's a person-sized mirror, uh, full length mm-hmm. and also like three feet across. Uh, so the mm-hmm. whole thing turns into another glowing portal and she starts reaching her arm through it. And this time from the, the far side, we see an enormous red hand with black talons reach out mm-hmm. and take her hand. And she starts mm-hmm. pulling it through and the priest conveniently finds a fire axe on the ground right next to him where he's been this entire time. 
Um, mm-hmm. Which, whatever, I guess. There were some other tools sure. lying around with it. But anyway, he mm-hmm. grabs this very nice looking fire axe and just runs out and lops her arm straight off. Uh, yep. Screaming Latin prayers at her. Uh huh, uh huh. And so her arm comes off and goes. That works about as well as you would affect. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, she he cuts off her arm. It works. Uh, yeah. Presume he may, in fact, like presumably, if he hadn't done that, we probably everyone probably dies. Um, yeah, yeah. So that delays Satan's father coming through. But then she immediately <laughs> slurps out a new arm like Piccolo and Dragon yep. Ball Z. <laughs> I, that was my immediate reaction. It's it is the sa- exact same effect. It slurps out <laughs> like a reverse anamorph. Yep. <laughs> like someone extruding spaghetti. Yep. Um, spaghetti arm. So um. now the the she throws the priest back and then pins him to the wall with that big old bookcase or whatever he was hiding behind, so he can't get at her again. Uh, and she's mm-hmm. about to bring uh, her the father through, and Catherine. I don't remember how this happened. Catherine, uh, who was with Brian before, ends up in the doorway at the hallway, and she's just, like, looking around at, like, all the shit that's going on at the same time. Mm-hmm. Everyone is fighting everyone. There's there's bodies. Uh, the priest yep. is trapped. Calder is doing something. Um, and then there's Kelly in the mirror. So... Yep. Catherine has a crisis for a while trying to figure out what she did, what she needs to do. And finally she does the very heroic thing and runs through the doorway and just tackles Kelly through the mirror going with her, which closes the portal and seals her Satan and Satan's father back in the dark dark side. And then the priest throws the act. No, no, is it the priest or the professor? I think the No, the the professor was still trapped or the priest was still tra- trapped. So yeah, Barack, so I think, the smashes the mirror. At which mm-hmm. point, like all and the then, all the puppets start freaking out and then collapse and die. Yep, yep. And then, um, so that's movie essentially. But then there's one last. Well, the, dream we we see all the scene. the puppets laying on the ground and there's like smoke coming out of their mouths, which I guess is like uh-huh. the fluid evaporating or something. But mm-hmm. yeah, and then we 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 get Brian, uh, who arrives at the scene just after. Catherine jumps through, and so Brian mm-hmm. is sad now. Yeah. You know, I was watching this, and I was like, there could have been a better way. You could have, if you just pushed Kelly Satan through the thing and not dove in yourself, that could have been just as effective, I feel. But, I mean, I guess there also has to be a grand sacrifice. I mean, not narrative, not, like, within the context of the rules of the movie, but just, like, narratively, I guess. Yeah. But um, Narratively, someone yeah. has to die to, to win, yeah. I guess. And yeah. Brian yeah. has to be sad. Yeah. Um, then we get the um. very irritating last scene. Uh, well, the first the first part of it is good. Uh, Brian goes home, and he has the dream again. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's still getting the dream from the future, only this time it doesn't cut out at all. You see the whole thing, and I need to check what year this movie was made for this scene to actually make sense. Hold on. Uh, Prince of Darkness. I think it was in the 80s. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, ni- 1987. So yeah, uh, it's mm-hmm. it's coming from the year 1999, which means 12 years in the mm-hmm. future, which means that mm-hmm. it was not what they just went through. Um, mm-hmm. And you see this time that the figure that comes out of the church 
uh, the one that was all in shadow before, is Catherine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what they actually did was push her in there, which is what leads to the events later. Mm-hmm. When mm-hmm. she presumably comes back as a vessel for something else. And then yeah. Brian wakes up, looks to his right, and Satan Kelly is in bed with him. And then he wakes up because this was just a, a, a double dream jump scare, which pissed me mm-hmm. off so bad because this movie didn't have any of those jump scares. It was so good, <laughs> and then like they had was... to do it at the end. You know he yeah, had to do the... it to us. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> yeah. And then um, the last scene of this movie is... Brian it's, it's a, going up to the... Yeah, it's a very Inception ending. <laughs> Brian mm. sees his mirror, and he's, like, reaching out to touch it, and then it ends and goes to credits right before he does. Yep. I actually totally called that as... Yeah, me too. I was like, like oh, he's, he's... they're gonna Inception it. But also, at the yeah. same time, we know that Catherine comes back in 1999, so probably nothing yeah. happens when he touches the mirror, because it, it's not supposed <laughs> yeah. to happen for 12 more years. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, and that's so, movie. So that's movie. Yep. So it's a very good now we have movie. to figure out a rating scale. Very weird. It was movie. a good movie. It has a very bad yes. rating. I think it has a fifty-four on Rotten Tomatoes, which I understand, but is wrong. Yeah, I am true. not surprised yeah, exactly. that about fifty percent of people who watch this movie go, "What the fuck was that?" Yeah. No, totally. Um, so we need to figure out a rating scale. So on a scale of zero to five. Satan tubes. Satan tubes. Yeah. I'm into it. I'm down with it. Um, so on a scale of zero to five Satan tubes, where do you stand on this movie? I would say it's four Satan tubes and a Satan Kelly, which yeah. is like half a Satan. I, tube. I, sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would say it's 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 uh, at a four for me as well because there's definitely like the acting isn't the greatest thing in the world in this movie, but the, the characters the pacing, are all really good. Uh, Could have been better at times. There is the the yeah. part where they they won't tell the students what's going on is literally half an hour long. Yeah, and yeah. it's very interesting um, if you like all the shit that they're setting up. Like like ooh, what's that scientific equipment? Ooh, what's that scientific equipment? But if you don't care about <laughs> that, then it's very boring. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. So this. Yeah, this movie is like, I think if it was had a less interesting concept, it would have been way lower on my scale. But the concept alone, um, and the way it delivers on the concept, uh, really strong, really strong. I do think that the 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 part where Satan and God are apparently aliens was a little underused. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they kind of just mentioned that and never they did really, anything with they it. They really do just casually mention once that Jesus was a space alien and never talk about aliens again. <laughs> it was, oh. I think it was just so that like, they're like, okay, but then what is Satan? Like, well, he's yeah, an alien, okay? There. Yeah. yeah. Much like the sex so scene, I, I, well, not even sex scene, but the bed scene earlier in the movie. It's just, they're like, look, you don't have to talk about this, okay? We know. Honestly, I would have been completely pleased if the whole thing was just metaphysical, though. Yeah, you know? if, I, I also love those those narratives where there's, like, um, Golden Compass, where there is a god and angels and a devil, and they are physically measurable. Mm-hmm. And you can go yeah. stab them with a knife, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Let's all go kill God. <laughs> They, they, we never, we didn't talk about the part where they mentioned, because I didn't, I, I couldn't 
quite process what they were saying, but when they were talking about uh-huh. anti-particles and the anti-god. Uh-huh. Because I, I didn't yeah. I didn't get what they meant. Like, were they saying that that God isn't in this world? He's in the other one? Or mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Um yeah, so so those are ratings. Let's get into questions. We have a handful Ooh, because I begged for them. <laughs> Absolutely begged for them. Um, so we get we have two from um, a friend of the show. I don't really know who she is. Chia uh, Shadonakas on Twitter. Uh, Luna asks, "Dudes, way if we pee form butts?" Um, so that's really helpful. I'm, I'm sorry. What that. was the question? Dudes way if we pee form butts. Oh, I see. I wonder what Alien Jesus would have had to say about that. <laughs> Me too. Um, and then Luna makes a reference to In the Mouth of Madness, which you haven't haven't seen or don't I, remember I anything did about. See. I recommended for the show actually, but oh, I yeah. I do not remember at all. I just I just yeah. like uh, Sam Neill and I like Lovecraft. And I like John yes, Carpenter. So, so. she has this <laughs> Uh, she also has to say Sutter Kane get iPad, um, and <laughs> I, I did. Agree. I did see that one. I don't think I I clicked on those, so I didn't realize that these were all in response to you asking for questions. <laughs> yep, these are direct. So Blair, what if my, Sutter Kane get iPad? Well, if Sutter Kane get iPad, I think the movie would be essentially the same. There would just be iPads because it doesn't really make much of a difference. I I, I mean, suppose. <laughs> Yeah, it'd just be like... Yeah, you, you like tell epic. those physical book snobs. Yeah, it... <laughs> because... <laughs> I don't know, just the e-books then? There wouldn't be maybe a bookstore. Maybe it'd just be on Amazon. I don't know. <laughs> um, Sutter Kane get Kindle? I don't know. I use, um, I use Kindle on my iPad, so whatever. Wow, look at you. Cla- cross-platform drifting shit um and then so uh another user jasmine marsh at pidmon on twitter uh asks two questions one relevant to the movie and the other one not but i think any relation to brian Uh, marsh (laughs) i don't think so probably not (laughs) um she asks uh how do you unplug from media when you're having a bad time a and b what is your fave uh, alternate universe of like like AU of Lucifer. Uh, so, so for the first one, for the first question, I sort of mentioned this on Tumblr a little while ago. I um, made I made a a my own version of that color clock website. Uh, oh sure. When when things are bad on the internet, which is a lot. Uh, I don't I don't mm-hmm. close my browser. I can't do that. <laughs> I have like mm-hmm. fourteen tabs at least open at all times. And one of them is mm-hmm. always the color clock. So I just put that monitor on the color clock and I like open a book or like play a console game on the other one. So I can't like uh-huh. look at the internet. Yeah. Um, I usually just don't <laughs> because y'all, I'm not y'all very coping? Good at decisions. No. <laughs> no, no. Who, who copes? <laughs> Anyone in this thread yeah. cope? <laughs> Um, yeah, and, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, Anne's advice is probably better than mine. <laughs> if, um, but, um, so for the second question, um, I'm kind of failing to think of any, to be honest. 
Let's see. Like, there's there's definitely some good Lucifer AUs. <laughs> I'm just trying there to think. There definitely are. Trying to think of ones that well, I really like. I mean, I do, I do like good? good omens. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I'm like, it's been a grip since I've read Good Omens, but I remember enjoying it. So probably any Lucifer in that book, I probably also really. They don't. Enjoyed. Lucifer doesn't. That's that's why I don't want to say that one is Lucifer doesn't super appear in that one. You you mostly yeah, just see Crowley, but yeah, yeah. But from yeah. Crowley, you can infer what Lucifer is like, which is just a dude doing his job. He has, yeah. he's not really capable of cruelty or anything. It's just, like, his mm-hmm. thing is to make bad things happen. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, like, sometimes yeah, exactly. people do things and he's like, holy fuck, that's terrible. Yeah, yeah. Wow, I could have never thought of that. Yeah. Because he's not, like, a human. He's just, like, a machine made to do bad things. Yeah, exactly. Which is an interesting um, one. I feel like there's another, um, te- another, like, actually technological lucifer one that i like but i can't think of it uh, i may be thinking of the fan-made world of darkness uh book that i can't remember the name of but there's one where god angels and satan are all like computer programs of some sort oh interesting. but i don't remember any of the details and that one might actually be bad so don't consider it a recommendation it's just i think i might be thinking of that one <laughs> it's a neat concept, at least. It is a neat concept. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, and then we have uh, a question from uh, What is Cosplay on Twitter uh, asking, uh, is Lucifer a bottom? Yes or no? Um, um, power bottom. Power bottom. For sure. What, uh, For sure. Kelly's entire attitude as Satan just screams power bottom. Yeah. No, absolutely. And also a brat, too. Yes, ben, also. definitely. D- Saint Lucifer is such a brat in the movie. <laughs> like, yeah, but the, yeah. The, <laughs> the absolute pettiness of the dis- of using Calder's suicide as a distraction. While yeah, just yeah. S- while screaming a church hymn at the top of his lungs. Mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. so good. Yeah. It is, yeah, it is extremely good. I, I feel like that's, right. that's probably one of those things where, like, if you don't think about the movie, like, that scene just seems weird because, like, you have to piece together that that was a distraction and stuff. That's never, that's not explicit yeah. or anything. If you're just, if you don't read into it, it really just seems like Calder came upstairs and committed suicide for absolutely no reason. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, just to fuck with them. But, but no. yeah, if, I mean, if, kind of just to fuck with you, them, but If you also. keep, like, if you're paying attention to the structure of the church, like, they snuck the Satan tube out, like, right behind him. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's, I think I think that's another reason that people maybe don't like the movie so much is sometimes yeah. it doesn't exp- it does not explain itself. Not really, no. I mean, but for good reason cuz nobody else knows what the fuck is going on. Yeah, I mean, certainly the the protagonists are in the same spot. Like like I didn't write down half of the important things because I didn't realize why they happened until later. Like I yeah, have exactly. I have a solid two column page page of notes and i didn't write down most of the important things uh-huh, uh-huh. um yeah uh, so that's for questions uh now we can move on to recommendations do you oh have anything boy. planned or should i go uh, first go first okay so um it's 2012 again and i'm in high school and i'm listening to andrew jackson jihad again um, or AJJ, I guess they are now. I listened um, to them the other day by accident after I listened to Satellite High, that 
the rapper that did uh, "Waiting on the Bus" for um, uh-huh. for Night Vale. Welcome to I, Night Vale. I listened to yeah. his whole discography. I really like him actually, but uh, I, I just put him on his Fallout background music, and apparently now mm-hmm. Spotify will do an autoplay where it plays quote similar music if you don't have repeat yep. on, and it went uh-huh. to an AJJ song. <laughs> Uh-huh, uh-huh. I was really confused for a while. I was like, I don't remember I... this track. <laughs> yeah, so um, I've been listening to AJJ again, and um, I my recommendation this week is definitely one of their older albums. I think it's from 2011. It's Can't Maintain. It fucking bops. Um, just go back, travel back in time with me to high school, and let's all just like jam out to AJJ. Okay, I haven't been on the show, and I don't think that anyone who has been watches it. So I'm going to go ahead and suggest um, The Expanse, or or okay. the books, the book series that goes with it, which starts with uh, Leviathan Awakes. Um, mm-hmm. The Expanse is a show that's on sci-fi. It is a hard sci-fi space show, and it is like the best, one of the best shows I've ever seen in my life. It has incredibly good characters, a great plot. It's really weird. It has it. Oh, the there's a whole like like Creole language that they invented for the show. That's just amazing, uh-huh. and I'm obsessed with it. Um, uh huh. But yeah, it's just a really good book uh, movie. And one or both of those are wrong. Show. It's a really good show. Show. <laughs> uh, and it is. It there is definitely um, some. What's the word? Uh, sci- it's sci-fi eldritch horror. Okay, uh, sure. and it's it's very slow burn. It's it seems like it's mostly about like politics and like a very Firefly like crew, um, but mm-hmm. much much better than the Firefly crew. It's it's like yeah. it's like a study on how to do that crew better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Especially the the Jane Cobb equivalent is just like the best character in media, and it makes me cry. Nice. Um, nice. But yeah, so there are two seasons of The Expanse out now. I watched both of them three times all the way through. Nice. <laughs> which, that's that's a lot of watching, especially for me. It's very good. Uh-huh. <laughs> nice. Nice. Hell yeah. All right. So um, thank you all for listening. Uh if you want to support the show, you can do so on Patreon, uh, patreon.com forward slash fearbaiting. You can uh, rate and review the show on iTunes, get the word out so more people listen to our podcast. Um, if you want to find me on the internets, you can do so at Blair Kitch on Twitter or bramblepelt.tumblr.com. Uh, do you have anything you want to plug, uh, Anne? Uh, you can find me at at an underscore and hyphen gremlin on Tumblr, and mm-hmm. I regret that <laughs> that that discrepancy. Uh, but I don't really have any other projects to plug. I work for DreamWorks. Go see a DreamWorks. <laughs> right on. <laughs> I'm your other trolls mutual. <laughs> Go see the movie Trolls. I, I was actually playing in my apartment the other day, but I think I had to do something else, so I didn't actually get to sit down and watch it. But now I know that we own the DVD for Trolls, so I will watch it at some you point. You should watch Trolls. It's a very good movie. Luca wasn't lying. Yep. 
Yep. Um, so yeah, uh, thank you everyone for listening. Um, uh, I'm Blair. I'm Anne. And remember, you can put a fucked up guy anywhere. Woo! <laughs> Someone who actually knows our side. <laughs> outro music. <laughs> this is where the outro music plays. <laughs>